What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Who Plays, where we talk about basketball and wrestling, unscripted and uncensored. My name is Jarrell Thomas. My name is Jonathan Brown. And I'm David Craig. And today, we, we actually do have to start off on a wrestling tip. Um, so for those of y'all that watch Dark Side of the Ring, it's a, it's a bunch of Vice documentaries on some of the darkest um, moments in wrestling, including like the, the Chris Benoit incident and Owen Hart's death. And they talk about Nick, Nick Gage and a whole bunch of other stuff. And the episode that dropped last night was on the plane ride from hell. And Damon is, he, he doesn't know anything about the plane ride from hell. And I know a lot of you that are listening aren't going to know. So me and John are going to talk about it because we, we got a chance to watch the documentary and I'm going to talk about one half and I'm going to let John talk about the other half. Um, I'm, I'm going to get into the, you know, not so nitty gritty and then I'm going to let John take the rest of those. So the plane ride from hell was um, basically it was like 2002 and WWE was doing a whole bunch of tours overseas. And I think they had a show in Germany. I think it was in Germany. I don't remember. Yeah, they but, were coming back from uh, London. Oh, yeah, London, London. Yeah, so they were in England, I thought. So yeah, they were supposed to be coming back from London. And it turns out there were some flight delays, so they couldn't get back to Connecticut. So they were sitting for seven hours. And, you know, this was like 2002. So basically the wrestlers did whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And people on the plane was like, it was RVD, Just Incredible, Ric Flair, Tommy Dreamer, Skyhawk, Michael Hayes, X-Pac, Vince, Linda, a few other people too. Oh, your gold dust too. Um, so what a collective. Exactly. So basically, the wrestlers, you know, they got bored, and you know, they had a good show. When you got when they have a good show and they get bored, obviously they want to get balls to the walls, fucking drunk. And the flight attendant, one of the flight attendants, straight up said that they went through three carts of liquor, like three playing carts worth of liquor. You know, all, most, most, you know, planes usually only have one for good reason. They had to order two more carts of liquor because the wrestlers wanted some. And they straight up went through three carts. That's literally never been done before. So basically some of the incidents that happened, the cleaner incidents, um, one of them was, uh, well, JBL got busted open at night. And Michael Hayes drunkenly punched JBL in the head while he was asleep and opened the wound back up. So JBL woke up, boom, smacked the shit out of, out of Michael Hayes. Dead ass knocked him out. X Pac hated Michael Hayes because, like, he was talking down on him during creative meetings and everything. So X Pac decided, "I'm gonna get a pair of scissors. I'm gonna grab Michael's, Michael's Michael Hayes ponytail, and I'm gonna cut that bitch off." And that's what happened. Another incident. Uh, so apparently, Mr. Perfect was known as a really huge prankster, and while Brock Lesnar was sleeping, which that should tell you pretty much all you need to know about what happened. Um, he sprayed a whole bunch of shaving cream on Brock's head and smacked the shit out of Brock Lesnar on the head while he was asleep. Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar, ladies and gentlemen. So when Brock Lesnar woke up, he saw what happened and he started chasing Kurt around the plane while it was in the air at about 30,000 feet, started beating the shit out of Kurt Hennig, slamming him through walls, breaking every, a whole bunch of shit to the point where he slammed him so hard they should the, the, all the wrestlers thought that Brock was going to throw Kurt through the emergency door in the side of the plane. So 
you know, physically that's impossible to do. But just imagine what would have happened if Brock and Kurt had actually went through that door. And then um, I, I think uh, Goldust was drunk and uh, he missed his ex. So he started singing weird songs and, you know, it was very uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, those are some of the more mild events that happened. Uh, John, you can uh, talk about the rest. Actually, Damon, I'm not going to lie. You gonna keep have to turn your camera on for this. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, yeah. I will give me one second. Oh Jesus! So I took notes, and uh, while while the Brock Lesnar and the Mister Perfect fight was happening in the plane, someone got a hold of the PA system and the mic, and said, "We're we're gonna die. We're all gonna die." And let me remind y'all: this happened in May two thousand two. This is eight months after 9-11. So that's frightening as hell. And uh, Terry Runnels was on the Vice documentary. And uh, trigger warning. But uh, she uh, told a story how Brock Lesnar uh, flashed his penis to Terry Runnels while, while Goldust was in the room. And uh, also Goldust was on was uh, actually chewing tobacco on the flight and was spitting the tobacco out when the, uh, the back seat, the uh, cushion of the seat in front of him. So yeah, syringes were also found on the flight and they were passing around. Um, all the wrestlers, they had drugs. They had like drugs called uh, the H-bomb uh, GHB. I never heard these drugs before. And um, Mike Chioda, the referee, knew all the drugs that were on the flight. I don't know how Mike Chioda knew. Maybe Mike Chioda was on that stuff, but Mike Chioda knew all the drugs. Rob Van Dam, he was straight to the point. He told what happened. X-Pac, you know, he cut Michael Hayes' ponytail and not only he kept the ponytail, but he, on Monday Night Raw, the next night, he put the ponytail on the door of the locker room. It was to, like, flex that he cut off Michael Hayes' ponytail. That was wild. Um, so we're going to go into uh, Ric Flair and uh, Scott Hall. So we're going to uh, Ric Flair first. So Ric Flair, he's wild. He, we hear a lot of stories about how Ric Flair is wild. So Ric Flair did something very wild and wrong. Um, he came out in a robe, but he was wearing nothing under the robe. And he opened the robe and he did the dick helicopter. He, yeah, he did the dick helicopter in front of everyone. And then he had one of the uh, one or two of the flight attendants uh, where the flight attendants, you know, where they sit, where they prepare the drinks. He like basically trapped them in there and like he made the flight attendants touch his penis and make sure that they don't leave that area. That's, that's why I already knew about that. So I was like, okay. Um, so I already knew about it. So I wasn't really surprised about it, but to the New Year's, who never heard of the story, 
is wild. And then Scott Hall, who's notorious for all types of stories from murder to alcoholism to pills and drugs. I wasn't surprised about that either. So Scott Hall grabbed one of the fighters in this shirt and tells her he was going to lick her and lick her pussy. And um, yeah, he was asleep. You know, she woke him up and like, asked for breakfast and then he grabbed the shirt, like tearing it, saying, like, I'm, I'm going to lick you, I'm going to lick your pussy, all that, yada, yada, and attempted to lick her. And uh, later on, Scott Hall said he has no recollection of what happened. And he said that he believed he was drugged by Mr. Perfect. Do I believe that he was drugged by Mr. Perfect? Yes, because Mr. Perfect was notorious for being a prankster and drugging everybody. And him having no recollection? Yes, I believe that he had no recollection because he was drunk and passed out, but it's still no excuse to act in that way, to tell someone you're gonna lick their pussy without their permission. That's wild. And then grabbing their shirt too. There's no excuse for that. Uh, Goldust, while drunk, told Ric Flair, bro, stop. And um, yeah, so, when the flight landed, here's an interesting part. When the flight landed, Scott Hall was passed out, drunk, passed out. Everybody was trying to wake him up. He wasn't waking up. So people thought Scott Hall was dead. They thought he was dead. And uh, Just Incredible had to pick him up from his seat, put him in a wheelchair, put sunglasses on sunglasses on him and wheel him out of the plane and through customs and told a lot of customs that you know he has a condition where he can't really move like that and uh so the punishments that happened from that flight uh mr perfect was fired from wwe and then he passed away a year later in 2003 scott hall was fired from that but Ric Flair avoided punishment. He did not receive a fine. He was not suspended. He was not fired from the WWE. He was just, they moved on like nothing happened. And uh, a whole lawsuit happened in 2004 and um, there was a settlement. There was a settlement, but the settlement, to, to be honest, it's, it's not enough justice. It's not enough justice. Uh, I feel sorry for the flight attendant, but also real proud of her for the courage that she has to speak up nearly 20 years later. Uh, Heidi Doyle, respect to her. Uh, respect to Terry Reynolds uh, for just telling the story about Brock Lesnar, how he is just an idiot in the and a weirdo. Um, Michael Hayes, he deserved to get knocked out by JBL. So shout out to JBL, even though JBL has his own problems. But at X Pop, uh, come on now, you, you can't be doing that. You can't be cutting hair. Uh, 
Yeah, but the one thing in the documentary that really caught my eye was Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Ah, first of all, I want to talk about the Tommy. We're going to talk about Tommy Dreamer first. So Tommy Dreamer, he thinks the whole incident about Ric Flair is a joke. The flight attendants holding Ric Flair accountable for his actions is a joke. He was defending Ric Flair by saying that Ric Flair's actions, it Ric Flair was joking around. It's that's Rick. He, that's always what he does. Yada yada. Rick will be Rick. It's nothing. That's that's what he does all the time. And I'm like, yeah, that's Rick. But when you are forced, when you're grabbing a woman's hand without her permission, and is making her hand touch your penis, forcing her to touch your penis without her permission, that's that's fine. That's that's weird. So Tommy Dreamer defending that, which is wrong. And, and the fact that Tommy Dreamer tried to equate people oh, being shit, I forgot about offended today. Like he literally said that so Tommy Dreamer said that he thought it was a joke and that someone was offended. So you just gonna throw the flight attendant under the bus even more after she was thrown under the bus? Like, dude, like, like there was no self-awareness, yeah. no respect or empathy or sympathy for the flight attendant who was sexually assaulted. And the fact that he tried to equate the, the flight attendant being offended to someone being offended with his ponytail, his two ponytails, I'm like, dude, what? This man said, my ponytail is offending someone today. No one cares about your ponytail, bro. No one really, I didn't even know you had a ponytail. No one cares. And this is this is really bad because Tommy Dreamer is basically, how do I say it? The father, not the father ECW, but like yeah, they call him the innovator like, of violence. The John Cena slash Ric Flair slash Hulk Hogan of ECW. When people think it, yeah, yeah. When people call, well, yeah, when people think of ECW, they think of Tommy Dreamer. So the fact that Tommy Dreamer, like, says this, that what that shows that he not only thinks of this, but he probably did it in the past and thought nothing of it or thought it was just a joke and doesn't think it was serious. So that's that's just crazy like it's just really crazy that tommy dreamer 20 years later after that whole incident on the plane just thought it was still a joke like bro and also 
I really shouldn't be surprised about what about Tommy Dreamer, even though I am surprised. I shouldn't be surprised about it because this Tommy Dreamer is the same guy that said he wanted to do murder suicide at WrestleMania 17, where he would bring a gun, he would buy a ticket at WrestleMania 17 at uh at the Astro Dome. He would buy a ticket at Astro Dome, bring a gun because Texas got uh, open carry laws. He could bring a gun inside a stadium. Jump over the barricade, kill Paul Heyman, and then kill himself during WrestleMania 17. He thought about doing that, and he literally said it. I th- he even brought it up on a Talking Smack, or no, not Talking Smack, Talking Smack, or a, like a podcast or something in front of Paul Heyman. He said, "I wanted to kill Paul Heyman, but I still have respect for him because of what he did with ECW." But the reason why he wanted to kill Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman, he couldn't have secured the, you know, the, the TV contract with ECW, and ECW was canceled off of TV. And uh, Paul Heyman wasn't paying the wrestlers. He wasn't paying Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer was owed money, and Tommy Dreamer got fears about it to the point where he wanted to kill Paul Heyman in front of everybody at WrestleMania 17 and even planned about it. So I really shouldn't be surprised by Tommy Dreamer's comments on the Vice documentary. Now, I want to talk about the Vice production. Production did great, but I got to hold you accountable with the Tommy Dreamer stuff. I Like, no way you literally filmed Tommy Dreamer. Unless y'all just like, wanted to get people talking. Yeah, we're going to put this on a documentary. Just, there's just no way you literally... Wait, wait, John. Hold on. Yeah, wait, John. I'm I'm gonna disagree with you on that point, but not the way you think it is. Cause like I said it in the group chat a little bit earlier, but I think like because I, I really respect Dark Side of the Ring because one thing they're gonna do is tell the truth, and one do one thing they are gonna do for sure is expose people who are in the wrong. You know, like yeah. they they do you know how many times Vince McMahon has been outed on on Dark Side of the Ring, like just for the shit that he either did or watched happen like oh yeah that's another thing to add more little context again vince and linda were on the plane vince knew about everything and he put it all on jim ross to figure out and keep in mind like he's the head of the company everything like so i mean is it it was horrible to see but it was kind of like we needed to see that because it's like for me personally you know, I always thought Tommy Dreamer was one of the least problematic people in wrestling. Like, until you told me what he said about uh, WrestleMania, like, I, I had no idea. That doesn't surprise me So at now, all. like, with that included, and it's just like, okay, what the fuck? Ric Flair-wise, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Scott Hall either. Um, I do believe that he has no recollection that he was drugged. However, that shit still is not okay. Whether, whether you were under the influence or not, sexual assault is never okay. So, um, Tommy Dreamer, Ric Flair, Scott Hall, you're, they're all going to hell. That, that shit is unacceptable. Um, Brock Lesnar also got to be held accountable for what he did. Um, I also feel like, you know, out of everybody I was expecting to be the least problematic I deadass was not thinking RVD, but then I'm getting this like, when you really think about it, all RVD did smoke weed. I was gonna that's, say that's, 
yeah, and that's not even problematic. Um, he's minding his business. Yeah, but um, John pretty much said everything that I was feeling about that whole situation, man. Because like, that's uncalled for. That's unacceptable. Um, on basically everybody that was on that plane. Um, shout prop props to Dustin Rhodes for speaking up. Um. Another thing that bothered me, um, when Heidi Doyle was talking towards the end of the documentary, she was saying how her husband was the one that really wanted her to accept this settlement and she didn't really want to. And that really bothered me, you know, because it's like, I mean, this is your wife we're talking about and you basically telling her, take the hush money, you yeah. know, so that that shit really bothered me. But um, Damon, after hearing all of this for the first time, what are you thinking? Man, what was in the water in London? Because it's like I get everybody on the on the plane is grown, but like, and I know that was a different time, but like, who's doing this when y'all got the big bosses on the plane with you? And that just goes to show you who Vince is. Honestly, because this is wrong, man. Because say what you want about like like this new generation and all these new wrestlers, but I tell you what, they not doing that. They not mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like some of the little like prank stuff, like <laughs> like some of that is like just goofy, but like I mean like not not drugging people and everybody doing like hitting each other and knocking each other out and the 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 very traumatizing thing is not that's not cool i i i definitely have to watch this documentary probably tonight or tomorrow morning because i can't even believe it <laughs> yeah oh and a quick thing um for everybody that's listening i do want to apologize because i forgot to give a trigger warning before we started talking about this since we are talking about sexual assault so i do apologize for not giving that trigger warning but you know i think i don't want to say better late than never but you know better late than never i think john said it before he started talking but okay perfect yeah but i think what what you can do is because you know in the credits where you like say when everything is talked about you can just put trigger warning right there and just so when so they like if they look at it they can see and just skip For past sure. it. For sure. Um, yeah. And also spoiler because we basically spoiled the thing. Oh yeah, trigger warning and plus spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because to be honest, like you can't necessarily spoil a documentary because it's based on something that already happened, you know. That's true. In that regard. Yeah. Um, but uh did, did either of y'all have any other thoughts on the situation? Uh, it's wild. I was, I was gonna say something. But I, I lost track of it. But um, oh, interesting fact: the uh, that show in London was called Insurrection. Of and course, that was it the was. last show. That was the last show uh, under the name of WWF. Oh, this show was yeah, because they were talking about it at the end. Yeah, 
Wow. Yeah, it was the last year. So the, the plane ride from hell is what led to WWF becoming WWF. Um, that's, that's, it wasn't it is, wasn't the Pandas. The it was them. It wasn't the, it wasn't them. It was that plane ride. Like the 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 Pandas thing, it had something to do with it. Yeah. But that that's was hilarious. That was it. That's what drew it. But um, and the crazy thing, oh yeah, and that's the other crazy thing. They had a show that night in London. And while after all of this happened the next night, they all were there for Monday Night Raw. That that all of them. That that's just how that's that's insane. So when Dark Side of the Ring comes out with the Vince McMahon documentary, I will definitely be watching. Oh man, I can't. And it, it's probably it's probably gonna be a three part one. Bro, that, that they could do a whole season probably. Exactly. Man's been around a long time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but moving into a slightly more positive topic, um, the reason I say slightly is because, you know, this situation pisses a lot of people off, all, all of us included, but next topic is moments in wrestling that pissed us off. And that's why I said slightly more positive. And for me, the first one that obviously comes to mind is SummerSlam 2021 and what they did to Bianca Belair. Um, we talked about it a few weeks ago. I still call it racism. Um, you know, I can't necessarily blame Becky for that, but fuck Becky. Um, you know, um, I guess, you know, that was a way to turn her heel, but you know, that was a terrible booking decision. Um, I really feel like they could have gotten like a 20 minute match or they should have just, done what we all said do and just have it be a stare off which would have been you know I, I still would have been mad if Becky won but you know it made more sense but that that's one moment for me um Damon what what is a moment that pissed you off that you oh um, yeah I immediately think of uh Wrestlemania 30 to whatever the next two pay-per-views were um i was all for them turning shinsuke heel at wrestlemania when he like did the groin thing i was like okay all right you know they had a good match i was like you know not every royal rumble winner wins so that didn't necessarily make me mad but it was the fact that the next two matches where it would have made perfect sense for the new shinsuke heel to get the title they go to a time limit or no double count out the first time and then a disqualification the second time and then he just doesn't get any more shots and it was just like all momentum that you gave him from the rumble you just completely just throw it out of the window yeah yeah i i i, I forgot all about that one. yeah um, before before i throw it to john I just thought about this one and I have to speak on it now because I'm going to forget um, going over to the AEW side um, when the Young Bucks beat FTR for the tag titles. Oh, yeah. Um, see, here's the thing. I was a fan for the feud happening. I, I, I loved it. You know, they had the thing, but then they were like, oh, well, if the Young Bucks lose, they'll never get a shot at the titles again. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to win. And, you know, they back in like 2017 2018 everybody's like you know every people you had one side of wrestling community was like oh well the young bucks are the best tag team in the world and then the other one's like no it's, it's the revival and then you know they 
they leave WWE and they go to AEW. And then the Bucks are like, hey, Tony, um, we want to beat them. And, you know, for some reason, they have the tag team that's all fists, no flips, do a springboard 450. And that's the reason they lose. So they, you know, plus it just led to this reign of terror in AEW. Thank God for the Lucha Brothers. But, uh, John, what what is a moment in wrestling that pissed you off? Moment? I don't have, I have, I got a few, I got a few. Um, this one right here, not a moment, but a Roman Reigns from 2015 to 2018. When he, until he announced he had leukemia. During that time, I hated Roman Reigns because that man made a been at every WrestleMania from WrestleMania 31, WrestleMania 32, WrestleMania 33, and WrestleMania 34. Man, it all, all four WrestleMania. Imagine being in high school throughout those four years. This man made a been in my freshman year of WrestleMania, my freshman year of high school, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 31, WrestleMania 32. My sophomore year of high school, he may have been at that. WrestleMania 33, he may have been at that. WrestleMania 34, main event of that. You know how awful that is. WrestleMania 31 and WrestleMania 34 were both against Brock Lesnar. Well, thank God that, you know, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins saved the day on both of those matches. But, but WrestleMania 33 against The Undertaker. That, I never... I, Here's the thing. I never watched that match. I've never seen that match. Yeah. Um, Under, Undertaker was vastly day, out of shape for that match. I'll say that. When I woke up the next day and saw that Undertaker loss to Roman Reigns, I was like, well, what was the point of the shriek? What was the point of the shriek? And that was frustrating. And then the next night on Raw, when the whole crowd, when the whole arena was booing him, I loved it. Yeah, that was that was kind of sweet. I'm not even yeah, gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really feel like that should have been where they turned Roman heel, but you know, better late than never, I guess. Yeah. Um, um another thing that pissed looking back at it, it pisses me off. NXT, not NXT. Nexus, SummerSlam. Oh, looking my God. back at it, it pisses me off. They got I buried. That next. Um, looking back at it, pisses me oh off. Oh my God! Because when we were kids, we were happy because we all hated Nexus. You know, ah, oh, hey Nexus, I hate Wade Barrett. They always jumping everyone, yada yada. But looking back at it, it pisses me off because it's like. That's Wade Barrett. Like, Wade Barrett is like, how do I say it? The first face of NXT. And you put him on the main roster. You push him. You push him. Like, ooh, okay. They said, I'm and afraid they, we got some bad news. Yeah. Hey, and, and buried him. He should have been world champion, but, um, you know, I, I think that he should just come out of retirement and beat. I don't know. Well, not Big E. I don't. I wouldn't even say Roman. Put him um, against Ilja. I don't know. 
or they could do that. That'd be kind of fire. Honestly, it's him. Him and Walter are the only ones I know from NXT UK. Um, confession. But okay, the last thing I had on my mind that pissed me off, and John brought it to my memory. Y'all remember when they decided to sacrifice Rey Mysterio for a CM Punk return? That made me now, so mad when they had me, him. Listen, listen. Now look. I have said it on this podcast several times. CM Punk is my favorite wrestler of all time. And I was happy to see him. However, this was two weeks after Money in the Bank. Not even not even a month. I guess like he had had the belt and carried it to New Japan or something. That was cool. But like only two weeks, two weeks. Not two months, two weeks. They had this tournament and they had Ray win. And I'm like, okay, it's about damn time, man. We love Ray. He needed another world title run. John Cena comes through, that goat, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, fuck this. I want to. I want you in the ring in two hours. Give me your belt." And I'm just like, "Oh, well, um, that's um, wow. Damn, we just got sacrificed, my boy Ray, like that. Um, I, I, I honestly, I was heartbroken. You know, again, like you know." We got one of the greatest returns, even of all time, even though it was only two weeks. You know, we got to hear Colts personality for the first time and everything. Like it was cool, but <sighs> we had to sacrifice ready to do that. And I I will never forgive them for doing that. But uh let's see. Moving on to our final rest of the topic. And I think Damon had uh posed this question, so I'm gonna ask you first. If you could rebook an ending to a feud or rivalry, what would it be? Yeah, I I was thinking about I've been thinking on this for a couple of weeks. I was like, I was gonna say if it wasn't for the viewer thing last week, I would have asked you last week. But so it's like a two and one. So I'm gonna flashback to WrestleMania 30. And I think so. First of all, John Cena shouldn't be Bray Wyatt that night anyway, but I think Bray Wyatt should have won that match. And then Undertaker to just like barely escape Brock Lesnar. Like he's like getting submitted out and he like barely pins him. And like he went through all that stuff and they could keep like the same rivalry. Like they had um, Bray and Undertaker at 31 and then have Bray be the one that break the street. I think that would have been way cooler than Brock Lesnar just absolutely massacring him for no reason. Like, eh, I could someone see it. Oh, okay, okay. So I've been sitting on this for a couple for about a month and a half. And I was thinking, I'm like, okay, what episode could I say this on? And I guess today is gonna be the day. This is more of a somewhat fantasy booking, more than rebooking, but okay, basically. Say Brian Danielson didn't go to AEW, right? And he was just, you know, taking some time off, you know, to heal from the ass whooping he got from Roman. And, you know, you know, they got the bloodline together. And then, you know, say, you know, uh, the Usos brother come through and um, some of the other relatives come through. You know, they got this little, the bloodline is full of Samoans, right? And then we get to like SummerSlam 2022. And I guess Roman just beats somebody. And then Daniel Bryan comes out and he's walk, he just stands on the stage. And he's just standing there. So you're thinking, okay, what the fuck is about to go down? And then you hear some music and everything's yellow and black. 
and then you see Tarver come out. Um, not obviously not uh, PJ Black. Fuck him. Heath Slater come out. Michael Tarver come out. David Otunga. Um, hell, unfortunately Bray Wyatt. You can use Bray Wyatt in the situation. And then you know that everybody's Darren like, okay, but somebody missing. Oh yeah, him too. But then everybody they just standing there, but they're like, okay, one person is missing. And then you see Wade Barrett come out with the Nexus fucking armband on. And they walk to the ring. And at Survivor Series, we get Nexus versus the Bloodline. That'd be, that'd be tough. That would have been. That no, been but easy. what about Ryback? Fuck <laughs> Ryback. Fuck Ryback. Why do you have to bring him up? <laughs> Why? Oh, hey, bro, y'all see he hey, was like, bro, bro I, I, you said he's making a return soon. Do you see that? No. Bro, he, was like, he was like, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to make a return soon. I was like, bro, he's just going to run hey, through the bro. Indies. There is no major bro. company picking you, you remember, up, bro. Bro, Ryback is basically Goldberg, bro. Don't nobody want his ass. Yeah, but just bro, less interesting. I remember when, uh, bro... Y'all remember when Daniel Bryan had, was telling that story about how uh, Ryback had, uh, took some Viagra? Or, or oh, some to see, uh, to see Vince. Oh, yeah, to see Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That is so silly, bro. Wait, 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 wait. Repeat yeah. that. I need the so, whole four. So, so Daniel Bryan, like, I guess it was, like, whatever that show, like, table for three, and it was, like, him, Ryback, and I think, like, Mark Henry. And he got to telling the story where Ryback was trying to impress Brock Lesnar. So he took a whole bunch of blue chews and, you know, pulled the whoop, went up to Brock Lesnar and tried to show him, you know, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He was trying to be the big guy. Now, now that whole Brock Lesnar exposing himself to Terry Reynolds, because that now it shows why Brock Lesnar's weird. Yeah. That shows Brock Lesnar's weird. Ryback is weirder. Oh man, that is so. Bro. But it, it it actually makes me think about um the story Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett had a story about Brock Lesnar when um Brock Lesnar was in the gym and uh like a teenage boy was like following him because he was a fan and then Brock Lesnar like responded to the like the teenage fan and said, "Are you trying to see my penis?" Like literally, it's on YouTube. Search it up. Wade Barrett tells funny story about Brock Lesnar. Now it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense now. Wow. You know, today just kind of ruined a lot of shows for me. Um, because you know, you know, Andrade beat Chavo ass, and they like, oh well, maybe Ric Flair's gonna come in as a manager. Now that shit's not gonna fucking happen. You know, I was somewhat enjoying Impact, but now um fuck Tommy Dreamer. Um you know, Brock was supposed to be on SmackDown, apparently, and now it's like, uh, oh, okay. But, um, John, if you could rebook an ending to a feudal rivalry, what would it be? Mm. Rebook. This year, I would say this year, it's the whole Bianca, Sasha, the whole Bianca, Sasha, Becky mess at SummerSlam. That, rebook that. that. That was ridiculous. Like, yeah, that, that, that was, um, rebook it. Like, have Becky come out, do a thirty-minute match, thirty-minute classic. Um, it, yeah, or she'll be like, you know what? 
next pay-per-view extreme rules or or shoot smackdown Mon- yeah next order next smackdown episode i want to match or just just go out there and just do this just just do that just the title wrap wrapping around a race and just walk away and everybody would be like oh my god becky's back this is great but why a 26 second match 26 i don't i don't understand um, I, I I truly don't. Oh, and everyone, just to let you know, uh, Damon did have to drop, so it's, it's me and John for the rest of the episode. But that is going to do it for the wrestling portion. And now moving into the NBA. And, you know, John, um, your, your former uh, Washington Wizards boy, um, what should... What, what should Houston do with John Wall? What, 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 what's next for John Wall? What's next for John Wall? Oh, man. I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. I hope he gets, you know, traded to somewhere. They want to utilize him as a point guard of the team and make him, like, as the leader where he can lead the team to the playoffs. Because, he, you know, John Wall is good. I understand, you know, the two injuries held him back. But – 2017 John Wall was was ridiculous, OD, crazy. So I don't know. I I really don't know what's going to happen to John Wall. Um, it sucks that it didn't work out with the Rockets because I thought John Wall and James Harden together was good. It was going to be crazy, but then James Harden, I don't know. Either he he fake gaining weight. And got his way out of Houston, like which which I think that's amazing. This man fake gained weight and went to strip clubs and went to studios with a little baby <laughs> just to get out of Houston. I'm like, I I've never <laughs> seen someone want to get out of Houston. Like I've never seen someone move to Houston and get out of Houston. But like like, <laughs> like I, I, I move to Houston, love man. Houston, and never leave Houston. I never heard of that before. Bro. But let me see. What what to do with John? What's next for John? Well, I don't know. First, I want to address a couple of things. The first thing I want to address is the people that are treating John Wall like he's Ben Simmons. Let's stop the cap, okay? Yeah. Stop right there. It, John Wall still averaged 20 last year. You know, he's not in he's not he's not a bum, you know, he just can't shoot, which is kind of necessary you know, being a point guard in this NBA. But, mm-hmm. you know, Benjamin, well, he made it work until last year. Um, I I don't know who Mitch Lawrence is. Um, apparently, uh, he, he does something on SiriusXM with the NBA. But um, <clears throat> I can't believe I'm saying this. Apparently, Houston has been fielding offers for John Wall from teams including – the Clippers, the Heat, and the Detroit Pistons. Now, Ms. Lawrence, I don't know who you are personally, but I know you are a liar. Because in what world, in 2021, after drafting Killian Hayes last year, and after drafting Cade fucking Cunningham this year, would the Pistons have any interest in John Wall 
again, I just praised, I just gave John Wall his flowers. I just, I just praised him. However, we just drafted generational talent. Why would we give him and or Jeremy Grant up for John Wall? I understand that the Pistons have made stupid decisions in the past, but ladies and gentlemen, that was Joe Dumars and Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> Not Troy Weaver. Okay. In Troy, we trust. Okay. Do y'all remember when Danny Ainge tried <laughs> to trade, tried to get Jeremy Grant for fucking Marcus Smart? <laughs> Joey Weaver laughed in that man's face on the phone and hung up. Okay. <laughs> I don't under listen again. I love John Wall. John Wall is great. You know, we, we used to all do the John Wall back in the day. No, no. So, where do I think John Wall would fit? Uh, I think, I, I honestly think, uh, out of the three teams I mentioned, I think the Clippers would low key be the best fit. You know, um, I want to see John Wall succeed. But actually, no, because I want to see John Wall succeed. I'd have to have him go to Miami because it's still fuck the Clippers all day, every day. Um, but I mean, I just don't, I don't see it because you're not gonna bench Kyle Lowry. Um, no, absolutely not. You can put Reggie Jackson. As, you can keep Reggie Jackson as a six man. Um, who did they trade Patrick Beverly for? Didn't they get a point guard? I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, I don't know. yeah. Um, I mean Reggie, um, he 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 played well, but you know I I think it'll be in the Clippers' best interest to get John Wall, and they can trade Paulette if they trade Paulette for John Wall, which would never happen, which would never happen. But listen, bro, because wasn't John Wall like the highest paid player this year? Like second, third. Second, third. So he's yep. making more. He's making more money than Paulette. Um, I mean, it could work, you know, for Houston. You know, they have um, Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, and um, you know, Christian Wood. Um, who else is on that team? Oh yeah, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, they could use a small forward like Paulette. Um. You know, especially, you know, because they're not going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, having Paul George on your team wouldn't hurt because, again, you're you're not going to make the playoffs because if you did, you'd have the biggest sellout in the NBA. Um, I wouldn't – I'm not going to straight up say, like, oh, trade John Wall for Paul George. But I'd understand, you know. I, I, would, I would honestly understand so I would have to say the go to the Clippers, you know, send send them to the Clippers. Um, again, I don't see any reason why John Wall would pique any interest in Detroit after the draft. And if you say John Wall somewhere, he's going to be a starter. And you can't send him to Miami because that means either he'd have to um either he'd have to get benched. Kyle Larry will have to get benched, or one of the two of them will have to play shooting guard, and they are pure point guards. So I just don't feel like uh, Miami or Detroit is a good move. So uh, send them to LA, I guess. 
But moving on to our next NBA topic. The NBA season starts next month. So we are going to give you guys our two early NBA season predictions. And we're not going to talk about every single team, of course. Um, we're not going to talk about playoff seeding because that can that can get very chaotic and long. So just thinking of a team offhand. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you about this. Well, how do you think the Wizards are going to do this year? Oh, man. I'll be surprised if we make the playoffs. I'll be very surprised. But if we do, I'll be the happiest person on earth. I'll be the happiest person on earth. We made the playoffs again, y'all. Two years in a row. Woo! But, uh, yeah. Um, how do I feel about the Wizards? Um, I mean, they're the Washington Wizards. You know, they they – they don't have Westbrook anymore, but, you know, they added Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a great piece. They still have Bradley Beal. You know, he's going to get buckets. Um, they got Montrez Harrell, um, MVP Kuzma. You know, he's going to drag them down a lot. Um, you know, obviously this is going to be the best season of his career, but he doesn't have a choice. You know, like it's, it's Kyle Kuzma. He played for the Lakers and it was Kyle Kuzma and the Lakers. There's no way he doesn't have the best season of his career. I'm not saying it's going to be a good one, but it's going to be the best season of his career. Um, I see Washington in the bottom half. I'm not going to say they're going to be, you know, dead last in the conference, but they're, they're going to be close. Um, another team that I want to talk about is Philly. Now, Philly is in a tough spot. You know, they they have one move that they absolutely have to make. And I don't know if they're going to do it. And if they do it, depending on if they do this move or not, is going to pretty much shape how their season goes. Because they can, they can be a first seed, that's fine. First, second seed, that's fine. But when it comes to the playoffs, they have to make this move. Ben Simmons has to get traded for a score, a scoring point guard, a scoring point guard. And I'm not sure if Philly is going to make this move. So I think regardless of whether or not they make the move, they're going to be like a top three seed. But when it comes to the playoffs, if Ben Simmons is still on that team, I don't see them going very far. But, uh, John, what about you? Yeah, you have you, – you hit it right on the nail. Right on the nail. Um, Ben Simmons have to get traded because if he's not picking up their calls, not talking to anyone in the organization, got to go. Got to go. Uh, you said he needs to be traded for a scoring point guard. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And y'all may call me crazy, but I don't care. But Ben Simmons has a crazy contract, I believe. Does he? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. For, yeah, he does. And who also has a uh, uh, well-deserved but kind of high contract in NBA? De'Aaron Fox. Trey Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox. Oh, 
but what else would you include in that trade? Like probably a pick or or whatever, second okay. round pick, third round pick, okay. whatever, okay. whatever picks. I don't know how to pick the trading picks work. I really don't know, yeah. but Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox. I'll I mean, come on now. I fuck, I fuck with it. I'm on, I actually fuck with it. You got Ben Simmons, and then you also got, whatchamacallit, Ben Simmons and Buddy Hill together? This, this man just hyped up Ben Simmons and Buddy Hill. I, I, cannot, I cannot. I cannot. And, and then you got you got, you got got De'Aaron Fox feeding Joel Embiid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that, that low-key would be scary. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons is the perfect fit for Sacramento. You know, just, I mean, he's good at a lot of things, but, you know, that one thing takes hold of everything, and as a result, he's ass because of it. But uh, another team I want to talk about, shout out my boy Kavon. I got to talk about the Chicago Bulls, and – I cannot believe I'm saying this. I, I, I genuinely cannot believe I'm saying this. Um, for the first time since, like, 2015, I actually think the Chicago Bulls are going to be pretty good. Um, Lonzo, DeRozan, Vucevic, Zach Levine as a starting five. Like, I don't know who you're going to put at the power forward because, yeah, because they traded Mark and then uh, I don't know who you put at that four, but it really don't matter, man. Like, they, they're they for sure making the playoffs. Um, in regards to seeding, you know, I'm not going to go through all of that because that would be a little hard, but I know they're definitely going to make the playoffs. And I know the second that this episode drops, Kavon is going to call me running his mouth about the fact that I just said this shit out loud. So... You know, yeah, I, I think Chicago is going to be a pretty good team this year. But, John, what about you? Yeah. Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan. Did they acquire someone else that I didn't know? Um, nah, mm, I don't think so. Okay. But, yeah, that 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 that's going to be a nice team. Only if they kept uh, marketing. If they kept marketing. Oof. It would have been a nicer team. But is their coach still Billy Donovan? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh yeah. Okay. Now I'm kind of in the middle because it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Damn. Because wait, because wasn't Billy Donovan on OKC while Katie was still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. I mean, I have faith in the team. Okay. I, I put it that way. Um, I have zero faith in Billy Donovan, um, but they do have a very solid roster. But then again, we've seen what um, Billy Donovan was able to do with uh, two of the best basketball players in the world. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's see, because we I don't think we talked about anybody in the East yet. Uh, Phoenix. What do you? What do you? How do you think Phoenix is going to do this year? Hmm. Conference semifinals. If they be, if they go past that conference finals. So uh, you, so you have no faith that they are going back to the finals. Nah. Deep playoff run, but no finals. Yeah, I, I, I can see, it. I can see it. Um, I mean, unlike Phoenix, I do. 
Um, I definitely think that Devin Booker proved himself as a playoff basketball player. Um, Chris Paul, you know, he unfortunately did what he sometimes does best in situations where he's needed. Um, unfortunately, that's just kind of Chris Paul. I mean, they still pretty much have the same roster. You know, they got uh, CP3, Book, AN, Campaign, uh, Mikhail Bridges. Like, they still have that core together. Oh, yeah, Jay Crowder, too. Or did Jay Crowder leave? Jay Crowder? I think he's still with the Sun. Okay. I mean, they – because here's the thing. Regardless, that team is still a beast. Like, but here's why I don't think that they're going to make the finals again. Here's why. It's two teams in particular, and it's pretty fucking obvious which two I'm talking about. Um, The Lakers and the Nets. And, you know, I really feel like there is no way, no matter who gets injured, no matter who gets injured this year, unless all of the stars get injured, there is no way that either one of these teams or both of these teams makes the finals. Now, personally, I would rather it be Brooklyn that makes the finals because as much as I love me some Russell Westbrook, fuck the Lakers. Um... If the Lakers manage to not make the finals, I'm talking so much shit. I'm talking so much shit. You know, it's not nothing to do with Bron. You know, he's still one of the greatest ever. He's just aging. Um, always disabled. Um, fuck you. Um, you know, that, that man Brody, I'm always support you. Just not your team. I, I can't. I'm sorry. Um, Brooklyn, as much as I have a dislike for Blake Griffin, I really feel like if it wasn't for KD's wearing the wrong shoe size, Brooklyn would have beat Phoenix in the finals. Not, and again, that, that is nothing to take away from the Bucks. I really feel like if KD had worn the correct shoe size like he was supposed to, and his half inch of this foot of his shoe was not on the three-point line. The NBA champions are the Brooklyn Nets, even without Kyrie and Hart, because KD is just that damn good. I mean, he took Brook, he basically took Milwaukee to game seven on his own. But um, in regards to those two teams, you know, I'm not going to talk shit about Brooklyn if they don't make it. But uh, the Lakers, oh no, I'm on that ass. Yeah. And the last team that I I want to talk. Actually, no, not the last team that I want to talk about. Um, my Detroit Pistons, and I'm pretty sure y'all know how I feel. Um, I I love my city. I rep my team. Um, I think at bare minimum the Pistons are going to be a playing team this year. I I don't see how they're not at least a playing team. Like we have Cade, Killian, Sadiq. Jeremy Grant and Isaiah Stewart as a potential starting five. Now, I personally feel like, you know, Killian is going to end up being a six man because, you know, we watched in summer league and, you know, Cade and Killian on the same four. Like, while they were great defensively, offensively, you know, there were some things missing, but, you know, they have time to fix that. 
Also heard that Luka Garza may be getting a full contract before the start of the season, and I'm all for that. Please, at please, please give Luka Garza the full contract. Like, you know, I'm always all for him getting a two-way. But you telling me you put Luka Garza in full contract, like, as a full active member for the Pistons, man? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I was so impressed during Summer League. And I, I got so many good things to say about Luka Garza. The only issue I had with the Pistons this season is the fact that we gave up on Sekou Domboya after his showing in the Summer League. Because I forgot what game it was, but he straight up had, like, five blocks. So he was showing – he was finally starting to show how good he can be, and we traded him. You know, I'm I'm hurt about it, but you know, go Pistons and play playing bare minimum. I think we'll make the playoffs, but bare minimum we're playing team. But uh, John, what do you think about Detroit? Uh, yeah, bare minimum play playing team, but I can see them progressing within the next two, three years. I can see them. I'm excited for Cade Cunningham. I'm very excited for I'm also excited for Luka Garza, whether it's two-way contract or he's on the the main roster of the Pistons. But I'm I'm really excited for the Pistons. I understand people don't watch them because they're Detroit. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see where Cade Cunningham Engineering Grant, who's from Maryland. I'm excited to see. Or, or I'm excited to see that combo. I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm really, yeah. Oh, by the way, I just want to say this on record. December 18th, the Pistons play the Houston Rockets at Little Caesars Arena, and I will be there for the beater at Little Caesars. I will be there. I'm going to have my Cartier K put Jalen Green in the blender t- custom T-shirt on. I may go ahead and cop some fake buffs. You know, I'm going to get the real ones for graduation, but we, we ain't there yet. You know, I'm, I'm going to cop some fake buffs, you know. Y'all, well, dang, I can't even say nobody knows now. You know, I'm, I'm going to just, damn, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I'm going to just stick on my regular glasses then. But I'm going to have a shirt, you know. I think my family's coming through. I'm We're going to make sure we all got the custom shirts, man. Yeah, bro, fuck Jalen Green all day, every day. But the last team that I want to talk about in regards to early season predictions, the 2021-22 Golden State Warriors that will have Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Jordan Poole, and most importantly, oh yeah, Draymond, but most importantly, a healthy Klay Thompson for the first time in two years. I am absolutely terrified of this team. Um, in the West, I think that Golden State is going to be the Lakers' biggest competition in the West this year. Um, again, I love Phoenix. Don't get me wrong. The, the Nuggets, they just had the MVP on their team, and Jamal Murray's going to be back. The Clippers, you know, they're still a wild card. Nobody's worried about Dallas anymore. Um the Blazers, they still have CJ. Um, that's really it, honestly, I mean, Utah is up there, but they they're not gonna hold that candle up to go in state now. That six three light skin with the other light skin, the Splash Brothers are back. Oh no, oh no. 
Remember, they won a championship without KD. They won a title without KD. They beat LeBron without KD. Now, you know, you could talk about, oh, K-Love and Kyrie were both hurt. Yes, that is very much so true. And I think that if they both were um, healthy, then the series would have went differently. But they still beat LeBron James. Ah, we are we are in trouble, man. Um, I'm not gonna say the dynasty is back, but Golden State is back for sure. So that's I don't want to say they're the sleeper, but watch out for Golden State, man, because they 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 back this year for sure. But John, what do you think about Golden State this year? How do you think they're gonna do? Conference in my finals. The semis? Who's it going to be? It's going to be Lakers, Warriors, Phoenix, and Clippers. I see. I, 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 got, I, got, I got Golden State going to the conference finals against the Lakers. I do. Um, Hey man, again the Splash Brothers are back, bro. Yeah, Draymond's gonna do Draymond, and they got the Splash Brothers back. You know they obviously trust James Wiseman, John Thinkaminga. Um, I forgot who else they drafted. You know Jordan Poole, he's come up. Um, I remember you know post Michigan, I thought that Jordan Poole was gonna be ass, and he showed this season he's not. Also Andrew Wiggins, like if they drafted. If they drafted, they took James Wiseman last year, and now they're taking Jonathan Kaminga this year. That means they trust these young guys with Steph, Clay, and Draymond to be able to take them to a title now. If they have that much trust in these young guys, do y'all realize? Oh shit, Kelly Oubre still with them too? No, 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 no. He with the Hornets. He with the Hornets with Lamelo. Okay, see, I was really about to, I was really about to spaz, and I remember Melo was over there. Okay, okay, yo, oh, oh. ooh, ooh, Melo, Kelly Oubre, and Miles Bridge. Ooh, DJ Washington gonna be in his A game this year. Mobs. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh man! You know, PJ Washington, you know. I hope he does something good this year because he, 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 he yeah, should have um, Yeah. Um, fuck Brittany Renner. Disrespectfully. Um, wow. That, that, is whole, that is so horrible. But that's going to do it for the NBA portion. And moving into the final two topics of the day with the WNBA, ladies and gentlemen, we are about a week away from the end of the WNBA season. And there's one more playoff spot left. So officially one through seven are as follows. The Sun, the Aces, the Lynx, the Storm, Mercury, um, the Sky, and the Dallas Wings. Now, here are the two. Okay, because let, let, be, let me be very clear here. Um, the New York Liberty are not going to make the playoffs. Atlanta and Indiana have been eliminated from playoff contention. So it's either between the Washington Mystics or the LA Sparks. And um, here, here is my prediction. 
based on wait 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 is Cena Charles back? Yeah, she's okay, back. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's going to the Mystics. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm John. John. John is going. John is never going to let me let this down. But listen, we're talking Tina Charles versus. You know what? We we're we're talking Tina Charles. She's a she's a she's an MVP candidate for good reason. Like. You know, or we gonna we we really gonna see? You know, oh my God, I'm sorry, bro. I'm just so I did not know she was back yet. That just changed my whole perspective, bro. Like, are y'all seriously gonna take Christy Tolliver your team over to Charles? No, no, absolutely not. Um. I wanted Tina to break uh, Diana Taurasi's record, but it's not going to happen. Um, her numbers did drop a little bit. You know, of course, she missed some games, but ooh, child, <clears throat> she's still going to be the leading scorer of this season. And, yeah, I, I have Washington in the eighth playoff spot. Oh, man. But, uh, John, I, I know you're going to agree, so just just talk to me how you feel about the mystics in regards to what they're going to do in the playoffs. Uh, so if the mystics make the playoffs right now, since we're the eighth seed, we're going to have to play against Phoenix in the first round. Oh man. But, um, yeah, I mean, if we get Deladon back for the playoffs, I believe we can beat Phoenix. I believe we can. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, um I, I don't I don't know about that. Um, you know, you are definitely open. You you can have your opinion. I I respect it. Um However, we are talking about that big three with Kia Nurse and Brianna Turner. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. Um, I love Della Don. She, she is one of the few. She's one of the players that got me into watching the WNBA. Again, I, I love Tina Charles. Look, man, I, I, that may be the bias in me talking, but I, I am not betting against Phoenix. Um, now, am I saying the Mercury are going to win the title? I'm not necessarily saying that. I think that they have a shot for sure. I don't think they're going to win. Um, but actually, that brings me to another question. Now that the playoffs are pretty much set in stone, who we can officially make this prediction right here, right now, firmly. Who are going to be the 2021 WNBA champions? Uh, Seattle. Hmm. See, 
this puts me in a tough spot now because I, I have four teams in mind. And for me, it's the Sun, the Aces, Seattle, or Phoenix. And I don't know which one to put over the hump. I mean, Phoenix, I definitely believe, has a sure shot of making it to the finals. Um, I, I love that team. I definitely think they can do it, but I'm not sure. Seattle, again, how are you going to bet against Brianna Stewart? Angela Lloyd at the top of their game? Oh, no. Um, the Aces, <sighs> this is hard. Um, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go back on my word from what I said at the beginning of this podcast when we first started Hooplex. I'm saying right here, right now, that the 2021 WNBA champions are going to be the Las Vegas Aces. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. I, I know what I said at the, at, when we first started this show, but I'm, I'm, going with, I'm going with Las Vegas, man. Um, Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson, I think they're going to get it done. I, I, I think so. But uh, you, you said you're going with Seattle, right? Yeah, Brianna. If Brianna Stewart comes back, I'm going with Seattle. If she doesn't come back, Connecticut. John Quill Jones is getting ring. She's gonna she's gonna dominate Liz Cambage. <sighs> I, I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I can see it. I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen. I can say I can see it, but bro, I really forgot Stewie was hurt. So yeah, um, I definitely, yeah, that's that's that adds to my argument why I can't say Seattle because if Brianna Stewart doesn't come back for the playoffs, it's <laughs> I love Jewel White, I love Sport Bird, and I love Jordan Canada. But that is like a, that's a first second round exit. I'm sorry. If if there is no Brianna Stewart, it's it, it they send they send a Seattle to the Gulag. I'm sorry, but yeah, I I said it. My my pick for the title are the Las Vegas Aces, with the Finals MVP being hmm. You know, I wish they could just do a co MVP because I I. I'm going to go with Liz. I'm going to go with Liz for finals MVP. But I think, you know, obviously with you having Seattle, you would obviously have Stewie be the finals MVP. But if Brianna Stewart doesn't come back, you said you were going for Connecticut, and you said John Quill is finals MVP, right? Okay. Okay, yeah. This is this is going to be some fun playoff basketball. Um mm-hmm. I'm, I am, listen, I'm, I'm just making it clear. I am locking in my pick. So I'm talking shit. I know what I said about Seattle, but look, Stewie's out. You know, if she comes back, I'm, I am not changing. I'm standing my ground. I am saying Las Vegas because I already said it and it's too late. So if Las Vegas loses, I will be. I will hold myself accountable. I will be held accountable for my pick. 
I would not play the wishy-washy as much as I love as much as I love Seattle. That's my favorite team besides Phoenix. I said the Aces right there, right here, right now. But moving on to our final WNBA topic of the day. So last week we didn't really, we didn't get to talk about it, but the WNBA released the W25 to commemorate 25 years of the WNBA. They released their top 25 list of all time. And they're smart because they did this in no order whatsoever. I think, I think the NBA did it for their top 50 and they did it in order, but the WNBA did not. And they're smart for this. And we're going to talk about this list. So here's the list. Simone Augustus, Sue Bird, Swin Cash, Tamika Catchings, Tina Charles, Cynthia Cooper, Elena Deladon, Sylvia Falls, Yolanda Griffith, Brittany Griner, Becky Hammond, Lauren Jackson, Lisa Leslie, Angel McCautry, Maya Moore, Yeka, Candace Parker, Tisha Penichero, Cap B. Pondexter, Katie Smith, Brianna Stewart, Cheryl Swoops, Diana Tarasi, Tina Thompson, and Lindsay Whalen. They could not have come up with this list any better. Mm-hmm. I, I think this list is perfect. Um, I, I genuinely, everybody that's on this list deserves to be here. Um, let, let, I'm, I'm going to just go through a few um, that I see on here. Um, first of all, I got to talk about Stewie. Um, for her to be that great, and she she got she joined the league in what 2016, right? Or was it before that? 2016. 2016. She was she entered the league in 2016. And in five years, she's on the top 25 list of WNBA players. Like I we I talk about Brianna all the time. Like she she is my second favorite player of all time, only because you know I have my bias for Skyward Diggins. Jalen don't kill me. But I I I am so happy for her because she truly deserves this. I gotta talk about the GOAT, <laughs> Mr. Rossi. Y'all knew she was gonna be here. Um, let's see, Maya Moore. God, I miss Maya Moore, man. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't a true WNBA fan while she was playing, but I wish that I was because I would watch a couple games here and there, and she'd go off and she'd kill her. She's been out of the league for so long, and she she rightfully deserves to be on this list. I mean, she's a multi-time champion, rookie of the year, finals MVP, WNBA MVP. Ah, man, Brittany Griner. You know she deserves to be there. Um, besides the fact that she's gonna get her bo- bucket, she's gonna get her boards at six nine. She is the, I believe, the only WNBA player who has dunked more than once. I believe I may be, I may be very, very wrong about that, but I know for a fact nobody has dunked the ball more than she has. Because I, I know it's fit. It as it stands right now, she's dunked fifteen times. No other woman is gonna do that no matter how tall they are. Um, Swin Cash, I think, was very, very underrated on this list. And she deserves to be here so badly. Um, Tina Charles, I talked about Tina Charles earlier. And Becky Hammond, man, 
Becky Hammond was not only a bucket, but she was so intelligent. Like, you see her with the Spurs. Like, you know, do you know why people want her to be the first female head coach in the NBA? Not because she's a woman, but because of her basketball IQ. And it showed on and off the court. So she definitely deserves to be here. But, John, going through this list, who are some of the names that piqued your interest the most? Names that piqued my interest? Diana Taurasi. Diana Taurasi. Um, just seeing Diana Taurasi in person and just knowing she can still get a bucket today, drop 17, is Diana Taurasi right there. Uh, Swin Cash, uh, why did I say Swin Cash? Let me take that back. Cheryl Swoops, Cheryl Swoops, automatic bucket. And then, y'all may say I'm biased, but Elena Deladon. I know y'all tired of me being biased, but I'm sorry. But I got a ring, okay? <laughs> okay, I got oh, a ring. God. Okay, I, I will always fight for Elena Deladon for the rest of my life. Here's why. She's a two-time MVP. 50-40-90. Won a championship with not one, not two, but three herniated discs in her back. I'm sorry. One of the greatest free throw shooters of all time with a percentage of 93% at the free throw line. I'm sorry. She can play the ball so well, bring the ball around the court, facilitate the offense, execute very well from mid-range to end the post to shooting the three, one of the crispiest forms ever. Alada Deladon deserves to be on that list. Now, a name I haven't heard in a long time, and I think WNBA should give better treatment to Kathy Pondexter, 100%. Um, and she needs a lot of help from WNBA due to mental health. She needs a lot of help on that. And there's just no way how one of the greatest of all time is not receiving the help that she needs. That's all I'm going to say right there. I agree with you 100%. Um, okay, two women that I have to talk about. Um, first being Simone Augustus, man. Um, I, I put I have to pull up the accolades for both players I'm talking about, but look, Simone Augustus, four-time WNBA champion, finals MVP in 2011, eight-time all-star, all, all WNBA first team in 2012, five-time all WNBA second team. She was a part of the the top 20 at 20, all rookie team and rookie of the year. Simone Augustus has done all this while simultaneously being arguably the best ball handler in WNBA history. 
Now, the WNBA, they've been posting a bunch of highlight tapes for all of the top 25. And I'm, I'm just going to say this. Now, personally, I don't really like guarding people with handles because I'm not going to fall, but I'm, I'm going to get shifted. There are very few people that I'm absolutely terrified of trying to guard. Simone Augustus, is, I, she's, on, she's definitely top five on that list. Um, Jesus, the, the, the ankle breakers that I have seen this woman do, like, I, I, again, I hate to, I, I, y'all know I hate doing this, but if we had to do an NBA comparison, man, like, this is like Jamal Crawford with, I'm trying to think, who could, who, whose career accolades could you compare her to? Um, I'm trying to think, like, Steph, I guess, in regards to accolades with Jamal Crawford's playing style. Jesus. And then Candace, 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 Candace. I feel like although she's ranked as one of the greatest players of all time, I still feel like there are some points where she does not get her due. A lot of people view her as one of the greatest, but that's because she's the face that people see, not because of the way she plays or her accolades. Candace Parker, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's even go to college, because in college she won two NCAA championships, two with Tennessee. She gets to the WNBA, and she's a three-time WNBA peak performer. She was a part of the top twenty and twenty. She led the league in rebounds three times. Second team all defense. Second team all WNBA. Six times. First team, all WNBA, all rookie team, rookie of the year, all-star game MVP, defensive player of the year last year, six-time all-star, two-time MVP, finals MVP, and she only has one title. Think about that. Think about that. She has been so consistently great and only has one title to her name, and people have her on that high of a pedestal. That just goes to show you how great she truly is. And, you know, again, like, she gets the credit because she's a face of the WNBA. Not because people see her stats, but because she's recognizable. And I think that she deserves a lot more credit. But, uh, John, is there anybody else on the list that you want to talk about? Uh, Tisha Penichero. I haven't heard that name in a minute. But Atisha Penichero is like, how do I say it? One of the best flashy point cards ever. There would be no Courtney Vandersloot, no Lindsay, Lindsay Whalen, no, no good point guard in the WNBA if it wasn't for Tisha Penichero. I agree with you 100 percent Tisha Penichero. Uh, how how like how like seven time WNBA assist leader for here's a here's a crazy fact from 1998 to 2003. So 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. So for she led the WNBA in assists for six years in a row. And in 2010, 
when her career was winding down, she led the league in assists again. That's that's just wild to me. And the craziest part about it is, you know, of course, Sue Bird was on the list. And, you know, she's known as the point guy. And, you know, I don't want to be that guy to compare stats and records. But, you know, Sue Bird, she's led the league in assists three times over her career. And they were in intervals. Like, it wasn't like a back-to-back type thing. It was 2005, 2009, 2016. Tisha, Jesus. Seven times, seven. She led the league six years in a row. Like, this is, this is, listen, okay. I'm going to say this, and this is going to be a little controversial, but Tisha Penichero is what John Stockton wanted to be. Because, listen, you want to know, listen, Tisha did what John Stockton did. But you know what John Stockton didn't do that Tisha did in ah. 2005? And you see John reacting away because he know I'm right. <laughs> Tisha has a title. <laughs> John Stockton does not. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just... You wrong! <laughs> you wrong! <laughs> Look, bro. You know I'm right. <laughs> hey man, look, shout out to every woman on that list. It again, I, I'll say it again. That list was damn near perfect. Everybody that's on that list deserved to be there. I can't think of anybody who was missing personally. Um, I, I just genuinely cannot pick someone because that's just how accurate and good the list was. Now <laughs> Um, in regards to, you know, rankings, I cannot do that. All I know is Diana Taurasi is number one. And, you know, spots two through 25, I can't pick. But y'all know who my goat is. But, uh, John, any final thoughts? No, I don't have any final thoughts right now. For sure. Well, with that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Who Plays. Thank you guys for tapping in. Um, again, we're going to have a trigger warning at the be- in the description um, for when we were talking about the plane ride from hell. So, you know, you, you guys know I always put the timestamps in the description. So if you want to skip or hip ahead, please feel free. But I definitely do recommend anyone that can handle it, please watch the documentary because... Yeah. Oh, oh, it'll it'll fill you in with a lot of information about just some of your favorite wrestlers in general. But again, thank you guys for tapping in and we will see you guys next week.